Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in C-E-P-N in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect with you. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, do not hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show, I am Cole Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoom lane as usual, double fisting this evening. PBR in one hand, energy drink in the other, dude, you just, you go hard, you go hard. We, uh, Ain't no tonight, tonight we are being represented and promoted by Zions and PBR. That's right. Every day of my life. Yeah, they are actually not well, affiliated unless they want to be. Some days. Unless they want to be, yeah. Yeah. You're not a big caffeine guy, We should reach guy, out though, to right? them. PBR was a, a sponsor. When I was on the radio, there was this guy, and I don't remember if I told you this, but there was this guy who just banked, banked on sponsorship money. on Dude, and PBR was one of his sponsors. I heard rumors that he got anywhere from 10 to 15 grand a month from PBR. Who for what? What did he do? He was for his show. PBR was one of the sponsors. Oh, this is he a podcast. Reads. He did. Oh no, no, on the radio. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What you kind? What, what kind of radio show are we talking about? To pull in that kind of money for PBR? Well, it was a sport. He he did well in sponsors, but he had a he had a he was an established guy. Okay. So he had. A lot of he had built in sponsorships. So like whenever he would move to a different station or different time slot or whatever the case was, he usually, usually kept the same sponsor. But this was a sports talk radio station. He was more of a political guy and I hated his guts, <laughs> but um, he he sucked. But uh, yeah, no, PBR was one of the sponsors. Like I said, like I said, I heard rumors. I know he did well, but. I heard rumors that he did really well. Huh. But uh, I don't know. That would be cool, though. I mean, I drank it, so might as well sponsor me, right? Yeah. That or like Stag. I, it'd be cool to have 
Stag doesn't promote or doesn't uh, sponsor podcasts, right? They should. I don't know that many people drink it. I don't care. I mean, white <laughs> trash like you and I will we'll drink it, but I don't, know, I don't know that many people drink that shit, man. Um, I mean, they enough people drink it to that they still make it. I mean, it's still a pretty big brand. Yeah, I mean, they're never not going to make it. They'll, they'll be just fine. Are they like? Are they their own entity, or are they owned? By, I think I feel like they're owned by someone. Oh, I can't answer. I want to say question. like the Miller Coors brand, Molson Coors, or whoever that is, maybe owns them now. Either way, mm, that's know. boring shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, PBR Zions, if you're listening. Talk to us. I'm sure they are. I drink science. Colt will start. I don't know how you don't. don't. The fruit punch is Dude, delicious. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The I don't know why, but just the flavoring of fruit punch turns me off. How There's not you. been very many things ever God. that's been flavored fruit punch that I like. Add that to the list of white things that you've said over the past two years on, on this podcast. That's one of them. That I don't like fruit punch flavored yeah, stuff. Man. Yeah, man. Come it's on. Super white. It's super. Is white. that the Kool Aid you would drink when you were a kid? Is fruit punch red? <laughs> Any drink, whatever it was, red. I want red. That's it. Okay. <laughs> you remember Fruitopia? Uh, I think so. You remember those? Yeah, Coca Cola th- made them. They came in plastic bottles. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Uh. What are they? Twenty ounce plastic bottles that you get Coke or Diet Coke or whatever. Yeah, they put it. They put them in those, and I remember just like I don't. I don't know anyone that could explain what the red flavor was. We just <laughs> called it red. I don't yeah. think anyone knew. I get it. Like, I don't know who was. It, I don't know if it was. It wasn't fruit punch. It wasn't berry. It wasn't strawberry. I think it was just red. Yeah. And that was everybody's favorite. At do least you remember that I knew? Do they still but, make Sobe drinks? Do you remember Sobe? I don't know. Yeah, I, I never got into that shit. Had but, like the lizards and stuff yeah, yeah, on them? That was, yeah, I, I didn't get into that. Yeah. Well, okay, another question. Is Surge the first energy drink? Like That was before Monster came out, right? Uh, there was way before Surge. There was Jolt Cola and Nitro Cola. Oh, yeah. But was that basically the same thing? No, Surge was like a weird lemon-lime or one of those flavors. Yeah. Surge was disgusting. It was gross. I don't like lemon lime or like like we were just talking about Mountain Dew before we started. I don't like that shit. Yeah. Tastes like piss. <laughs> cola flavored stuff's okay to me. So like I I had a few jolt colas back in my day. But So you say jolt cola. Was it actually like a cold like a Coca-Cola? It was a cola, but it was loaded with caffeine. Okay. Loaded. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So but more importantly, you watched Heavy Metal Parking Lot, finally. I did. And I'm not really happy with the way that you did it, but <laughs> give me your thoughts. Well, you, 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 told me, you told me there was a video that was like 30-something minutes long. It wouldn't take me very long to get through. I typed in Heavy Metal Parking Lot into YouTube, and I came up with like 15 different videos. Some were like a minute long. Some were like 54 minutes long. So I just picked and, cho- like picked and choose through... A, a several of them and then would just like kind of buffer through and find different spots that looked interesting. Cause a lot of it's just you didn't like watch the movie in full. I didn't from uh, beginning. To end. So there's a movie 
Is that what the heavy metal heavy metal parking lot is a is a documentary? Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't see that. There is a beginning and there is an end. Okay, I didn't. And I told you to watch the outtakes, (laughs) and obviously you didn't fucking do that. Okay, my bad. I I need to redo this then. But here's what I want you to do: give our listeners your poor synopsis on what this documentary is about, please. I I didn't really know it was a documentary for one, but for two, it was literally just cameras going through parking lots like at a Judas Priest concert and filming people. What decade? Shoot, I don't was it the was it seventies? It, it was the eighties. Okay. 80s. Okay. It was the eighties. Okay. So you didn't like do like a, a total social experiment like I did while watching that? Meaning- and noticed just how fucking different everything was. Oh yeah, for then? sure. Yeah. It okay. didn't take anything did to realize notice? that. Did you notice that there wasn't there in the entire, well, you didn't watch all 38 minutes of it, but in the entire 38 minutes of the documentary, there are three overweight people. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Were you Everyone say- is skinny shredded and out of their minds. I was going to say, do, are you saying that that's drug related? I don't know. Everyone's crushing Budweiser's and smoking cigarettes and, and on maybe they haven't eaten in six days. It's possible, <laughs> but everyone is it's the, the type of skinny that it would get me to take my shirt off while playing a show. That's what 98% of the character, the people at this show were there. My favorite out of what I watched was this guy who was going on and on about punk music and how stupid it was. And okay. every other word was just out of his mouth was, Fucking punk. Fuck punk. I hate, I fucking hate punk. And just so, going on about heavy metal. That's all like it, that's all he loved so let me, was heavy metal. Let me ask you something. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with the band American Hi-Fi? I know of them. What You remember the song Flavor of the Week? That's it. Yeah, okay. I was say I knew I Go knew Go to YouTube right now and look up the music video for Flavor of the Week by American Hi-Fi. Is it all 80s style? Go. I'll wait. Go. Okay, hang on. All right, here we go. American Hi-Fi. Flavor of the week. Oh, the year is 1986. Well, that's a good start. All right, here we go. Go ahead. Philosophy on life. It sucks. Heavy metal rules. Heavy metal rules. All that punk sucks. Okay. It doesn't belong in this world. It belongs on Mars, man. Seriously. Heavy metal. Heavy metal definitely rules. Ozzy, Priest, Scorpions, American Hi-Fi, Dokken, it all rules. There you okay, go. That, that's pretty incredible. Taken directly I had no from idea. That, yeah, 100% exactly from it. Even, yeah. even what he said. That's crazy. Okay, cool. Yeah. With the exception of adding in their own band name. So they, That's a great song, by the way. So they pulled that from Heavy Metal Parking Lot. That's pretty cool. So for those that don't know, that's one of the most infamous scenes from the documentary. And so in the outtakes, they go find that guy later in life when he's like in his 40s and a dad <laughs> and he's like a computer programmer or something. And they go, do you still listen to metal? And he goes, well, I kind of listen to like country now and stuff. Sometimes. <laughs> that's hilarious. He's like so ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was uh, internet famous before the internet. Huh. The internet made him famous. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, it's just a you gotta you gotta watch it front to back. Maybe get a little stoned, have a few beers, and you and it, dude. It's so hilarious, man. Like the just the the ability to go back in time into the eighties and just like, well, that's the other thing too. 
the one thing I loved about it in the eighties, there were, there was tailgating before every show like that. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Uh And there wasn't a truck in sight. I don't think. (laughs) That's a good point. It was like you had the tour buses, which looked freaking cool, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's just because it was an 80s tour bus. But yeah, it was just all like Lincoln Continentals and like just old. Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dusters. Hugos and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also it, the ticket, but also at a time where the tickets were probably like eight bucks. Uh, I mean, well, concert tickets obviously were cheaper back then. So, but did, did it need to be a Judas Priest concert for what do you mean? for heavy metal parking lot to be a thing? Like, could they have just could they have made this at any other show, like any other '80s band, like heavy metal band, or do you think they were just the heavy metal band at the time they that it needed to be them? Well, they were on top of the world then. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but they were also like Judas Priest was considered heavy metal. Now, were, you know? were they like always they considered hair metal? Like you would get a different crowd at, say, a Judas Priest concert than you would a Motley Crue concert. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why it's very there's a distinction to be made there because Judas Priest was considered heavy. They were heavy for the times. Right. Right. So. But like I said, I think like White Snake opened. They say it in the documentary. I can't remember. I think it's Warrant or White Snake or somebody like that. Dokken. So, maybe it's Dokken. So are they the original heavy metal band? No. So where, okay, when, when do you think like heavy metal started? The reason why I asked this because I looked up Rob Halford and it showed that the band started in like 67. So I'm wondering when they started or when he started this band, was that considered heavy metal in 67? Is that, was that even a thing? I just, I just wonder if metal music would like, you know, I wonder if it was even close to being a thing yet. I mean, all things considered black Sabbath is considered amongst most circles, the first heavy metal band. Okay. They were late sixties, early seventies. Okay. And I want to say they didn't really like break with like paranoid and shit until the mid seventies. So, but I mean, there were other bands that existed. There were, there were bands that were out there, but I think Sabbath was, Sabbath was really the one to like get all the attention, like gain national attention. But gotcha. I don't know. We don't need to have a fucking history <laughs> quiz here, but um. Yeah, it's a good documentary. Go watch it if you haven't. Again, it's called Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Yeah. But so it's funny to, it's like I said, it's funny to go back and watch people tailgating and like really like get into the whole, the whole idea of going to a concert. What about, so you, you're big on going to fe- like massive festivals and stuff, which I have yet to go. Like, point, I mean, they're fun. Yeah. Point Fest is not even a festival really, but it's probably sure the big. I mean, I, that's the biggest festival that I've been to. Well, it's I guess. definitely a festival. So, I, I mean, do you do you see a lot of tailgating at the big festivals still these days? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, but I mean, the festivals are different though because there's so much to do inside of the festival. So, like tailgating is kind of like, okay, you can drink your own beer and you're not paying beer prices. You can do you like, but you know, a lot of the festivals now like too, also have like campgrounds and like you camp and do it. So the idea of tailgating doesn't necessarily exist unless you're local. 
Like if you're a person who like traveled to the festival and is like doing experiencing it for all that it has, like I don't know if you're you're not tailgating, you're like staying in a hotel, right? You're camping. So I've seen people do it for sure. Yeah. But I feel like it's gone away a lot. I think it's gone away a lot in a lot of sports markets too. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure it's nothing compared to like a college football game or something like that, but Oh man. You think that's gone away a lot in college football too? No, no, no. Oh, okay. God, no. Okay. God, no. Gotcha. No. Didn't you go down to Mizzou recently? Not recently. It's been years. That wasn't you? No. Is that somebody else I know? Okay. Probably. Yeah, no, I mean, you can go to a Mizzou game and the tailgating's that's the, that was my first that was my first tailgating experience was actually a Mizzou game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fucking way back in the day, dude. I was probably like, there's pictures of me. I was probably like mm, seven years old, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Huge tailgating. Like with your, did your dad take you? My both, my parents went, my sisters went. We had, yeah, it was a big deal. Are they into, are, are they into college sports also? Uh, yeah. I mean, my dad, it, my dad was actually supposed to play football at Mizzou. Okay. But he went to something called Vietnam instead. What is, so, th- what's that? Is that like a yeah, exactly. college and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was actually, he was actually supposed to go and play. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, but he doesn't, you know, it's very weird because I feel like anything post 1970 or anything pre-1970 that was a part of my dad's life, he's just kind of gone, yeah, I'm kind of over it. You know, so college, football, the yeah. war, yeah. you know, like any anything that shaped his life up to that point, like it's just, just like, we're going to start over mentally. Like, um, so he still, he still, he still gets into it a little bit, but, and I think, you know, partly the reason we did that was because, you know, we were kids and, you know, he wanted us all to be in sports and it was, but it was also like their friends wanted to do it. Their friends, like I, people, I grew kids, I grew up with their families, wanted them to get into sports and the whole experience. So it's one of those things, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's, he's into Cardinals baseball, but I think that's like his biggest thing now. Yeah. So I know your parent, both of your parents are really into Cardinals baseball for sure. Fucking nerds. <laughs> are you speaking of that? Uh, are you following pull holes right now? Yeah, it's pretty incredible. This is pretty insane, right? It's pretty incredible, and, and I think it's awesome. You know, I are you? I, go, never, are, well, are you, I was not one of the people like when he left. Because don't be mistaken, I am a Guardians fan first, but I am also a Cardinals fan. And uh, when Pujols left, I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't right. upset about it. Yeah. Well, people now, looked, if people looked at it for what it was, knowing that the Cardinals didn't do anything to keep him here, and look at how much money he made to leave. Anybody would have taken that. But the other thing is, if he had left and they had gone on some serious slump where they were a terrible team and never made the playoffs, and then it'd be a different story. But yeah. when you have a team that's as well constructed and managed as the Cardinals, as far as their payroll goes and their moves, I was never worried that 
like him leaving was going to destroy the team. And anyone, I don't know if anyone necessarily was, I think it was just a selfish fan being like, Oh, well, this ruins my experience now. Technically it doesn't because as soon as he left, we were right back in the world series. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. so. But are, but are you glad to see Pujols do this as a Cardinal? Are you glad to see him retire oh, sure. as a Cardinal and to, you know, possibly hit a incredibly historic milestone? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. Like I said, I'm enjoying it. I, but you know, again, I don't, I've never been a Pujols hater. I've never understood. Okay. I get why you would, you know, he's essentially your franchise player. He's one of the best players in baseball and he leaves, he chases money, but what the fuck else did he have to prove? Right. He won two world series here. Right. How many MVPs? Two, one, one, was it one? Maybe a world series MVP at that too. I think so. Like what else, what, what, what more do we deserve as a, like as as Cardinal fans? Like, come on, let him do like let him do. Yeah, his thing. but you know how you know how the loyalty no, thing, it. especially Most in St. Louis, fans in sports. <laughs> and we're not talking. Yeah, we're talking sports in general, not just baseball, not just football, but like all sports in general. When it comes to St. Louis, we don't have a whole lot that we hang on to. But what we do hang on to, we need everybody to be loyal as shit to us. I mean, there's quite a bit to hang on to. I don't know what you mean. I just mean we don't have like in professional sports, we don't have a whole lot to hang on to because especially now we don't have the Rams anymore either. So professional baseball is pretty much all we have. We don't have a basketball team. I don't know if you've heard of the St. Louis blues, but okay. uh, Yes. 2019 Stanley cup champion St. Louis blues. I don't know, but that's another thing. I mean, look at the blues and look at the whole Tarasenko situation over the past two years where he was wanting to be traded and everybody now everybody's like fuck that guy. If he if he wants out, get him out of here. We don't we don't want him. And then he comes That's, back and he has an incredible year and everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, we we need to keep that guy." Yeah. Obviously. He's pretty good. <laughs> Doesn't hurt your team. <laughs> yeah, he's he's that's decent. Just sport, that's sports fandom, though, dude. That yeah, happens in true. every city. It, you, yeah. No one's above it. You know, it, it's hard to escape. So, specifically with pool holes, I, I never, I never subscribed to any of the. I honestly was like, I hope he goes, because I think if he stays, they would have been put in a situation where he locks up a large part of the payroll. And what does it do to the dynamic of the team? What does it do to the payroll? What does it do to, they would have figured it out. I'm not saying it would have destroyed them, but you know, it's interesting to think about if he gets 275 million or whatever from the Cardinals, what happens to their future with, you know, what I, it's just something to think about. Right. Again, I don't think it made, or I don't think it would have, you know, made or broke who they were at the time had they kept them. But I don't know. I think it worked out for everybody in the end. He gets to come back. He gets to have his swan song here. Perfect. You know, what more do you want? It's still going to be pretty epic though, to lose Wainwright, pull holes and Malina all at the same time. See, here's, here's where I, here's where I become the hater that I am. And I go, good, fine. Go. <laughs> Tired of hearing about it. 
Jeez. Tired of hearing about Yachty and his Hall of Fame status and best catcher in baseball and fucking blah. Oh, Jesus, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> if someone can produce a video where he hustled down the first baseline once in his career, I'll shut up forever about Yachty. <laughs> but they can't because it never happened. If someone can produce a video where he made a defensive play that helped the game after the sixth inning, I'll shut up. But no one can produce it. If someone can produce a video of him throwing out a runner at second after the sixth inning and it saved the game, I'll shut up. But they can't because it never happened. <laughs> That's all. Jeez. You are a hater, dude. Also, his neck tats suck. Anyway, um, we, we should probably mention that. Uh, well, what do you? Well, let me just no, not Let's not do it that way. What do you think about the new story of the year? I really like it. Why? Uh, it's a weird question. No, it's not. What do you like about it? What What do you mean? That, that's you a like That's a weird question. Like if yeah, I if okay, I if I asked song. you, everybody if anybody I, can say it's a good song. What do you like about it? Do you like do you like the lyrics? I know you love lyrics. <laughs> do you like? Uh, see now you know where I'm going with this. What do you like about it? I, okay, I'll give you I'll give you lyrics. I I, I you mean, like the lyrics. I, I, I actually think lyrically it is a pretty cool song. They've always been really good at at. Um, Simple but effective lyric writing. Um, you know, as someone who, you know, you claim doesn't pay attention to lyrics, they're pretty good at that. They're pretty good at that. They always have been. But uh, I think in this one, it's good too. What else? What else? Do you well, have? before before we move on, I think um, Joel Colby, I think, told me, and he may have mentioned this on the show when he was on too about he had a buddy who told him that the best way to do it is to actually like look at the lyrics of a song before you even hear the music added to it and then have the music added to it and see if it still hits you the same way as it does it with the lyrics. Have you, do you remember? Are you talking about as a fan or someone in the band? No, as a fan. Oh God, that sounds. Like Which I mean, for thing. you, that would be terrible because you yeah, don't, you don't like lyrics well, anyways. Wait, wait, say it again. So Say actually again. reading While the While I shoot this heroin and kill myself, <laughs> what are you saying? Reading the lyrics of something before you put the music to it, then then add the music to it and see if it still hits the same way. Which I guess Yeah, I am not I'm not I'm not with that idea. I guess do you okay, would you that, do whatever works for Would you. you do the opposite? Would you would you say I want to hear the no, music man. first? I put the, the fucker on, <laughs> I hit play and I listen, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not a science experiment. Holy fuck! You what you know you that that's not a randomly odd question that a lot of bands get, right? Like I hear, what? I've heard a lot of interviews where they the and you may say it's just a stupid interview question, but where they ask the band how they write. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, writing is different than the listener experiencing the song. Okay. Completely. But go ahead. What are you saying? So what? How do how do they write? Yeah, like uh, do you do you have a riff? Do you start with a riff and then you go from there, or do you start with lyrics and then you try to find a riff that goes to your like like w w what's the order that you do things in? And most of the time, me? no. I'm saying that that's oh. that's a lot of interview questions that happen. 
to bands is how how do you write? So do you do boring? Anyone that asks that in a real interview should be beaten <laughs> with a pipe. That's so boring. Do or so like you're a fan, strictly a fan, right? You've never played an instrument. You've never, and I'm not being insulting, but I'm saying you've never bothered to try like to learn an instrument. You've never played music, right? Does a trumpet count? As long as I, what is it? Does trumpet count? Did you do that because you wanted to or out of obligation because of school? I mean, both. I enjoy- Because of school. Okay. Because <laughs> of school. Do you still play? I doubt it. Okay. You don't. Okay. <laughs> so like, and I only ask this because like, so from, for, you're a fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you really care about how a band constructed their songs? Is that something when you listen to the music, you really think about? It? Uh, I, for me, I think it depends on a certain song. Like if there's a song, okay. uh, like a, a certain song that really captivates me, I might okay. be more interested to be like, did you come up with that riff first and then you just threw lyrics on top of that? Or did you already you have really the lyrics written that. down? Do what? You really think about the order of how things are done when you're, you're, you know, what's the last song to captivate you? I love that you use that word. Uh, Probably actually an inimical drive song. The, really? uh, yeah, the reckoning. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So when you were listening to that, wait, mm-hmm. what has that song go? Uh, this is. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the riff in my head. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you're listening to that, you're thinking, I wonder how they wrote this. Did they come up with the melody first? Did they have a riff first? Did they write lyrics first? You're really thinking about that? A little bit. Yeah. But that's an unfair example for my point because you're friends with the band. It, yeah. So it's easier I, I, to think true. about that. Well, that's true. Well, let me ask you this. You, you like the song Riptide by Beartooth, right? Mm-hmm. It just came out. Yeah. Did you think that way when you heard that song? Mm, or did you just go, Jesus not. Christ, this is fucking catchy and heavy at the same time. <laughs> Beartooth rules. Yeah. But Which I, is how any fan should think. Right. I'm not, I, I'm not disrespecting the process of I like know. analyzing the music. And I know people do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm in a, I have a bias because I'll tell you a funny story, but I have a bias because I write music. And while I know people might think that way, it's just like, can't you just, can't you just listen to it? Like, what, what are the questions? Like fucking, yeah, lyrics, fine, whatever, like melodies. I, I, I just get bored with those questions. You know, like if we had Caleb from Beartooth on the show right now, I would not ask him that question. Okay. And if you did, I wouldn't be mad at you during the show, but afterwards, I would. <laughs> there would be a talking to. I'm just saying. A stern, like, I, I, a stern talking to. <laughs> yeah, dude. But look, look from from just like my own interest level and like having an entertaining podcast that people want to listen to. It's, it's like how many times could he be asked that same question? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the I'm, way that I think about that. I get it. And yeah. Look, I understand that you're curious or not you specifically, but people are curious and they want to know shit. So I'll tell you a funny story related to Beartooth. So when I was at the Beartooth show recently, a couple weeks ago, whatever, God, I really hope this dude does not listen to this show. So uh, I'm in, I'm in line to get a, a drink and this dude comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder. And it's a guy who used to basically come to, a previous band I was in all of our shows. 
I mean, he would be at every single one up in the front row, fucking raging, just partying, fucking rocking out, knew all the words. Great dude. And really grateful that we had people like that. So I haven't seen this guy. And now keep in mind, the band that I'm talking about, I was in a band after that band. It was pretty successful as well. Never mm-hmm. came to one show. Okay. So it wasn't was very much. It wasn't you. <laughs> he was very much attached to that other band. <laughs> so, and if he did come to a show, I missed him. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. I just never saw him. Yeah. And believe me, I, if he were there, he probably would have made it a point to come up and speak to me, but maybe it was a thing. Anyway. So. He comes up, taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, hey, man, what's going on? So we, you know, we're talking and we're catching up. And he was like, I'm really excited for the show. I was like, yeah, man, you know, uh, Beartooth and A Day to Remember are two of my favorites, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, man, I really wish you were still playing music. And I go, oh, I am actually, you know, I, I, you know, doing stuff on my own now. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I go, I can send you, you know, a link to all the music, like whatever, you can listen to it, whatever. And he goes, oh, yeah. I was like, put your number on my phone. I'll text you a link. So right after he puts his number on my phone, I text him a Spotify link, believe it or not. (laughs) And I never hear from him. And then three days later, what I don't hear from him for three days, three days later, I get a text message from him just says, Hey buddy, I, uh, I don't use Spotify. I mainly listen to music on YouTube. So I only heard like previews of the songs, but it sounds really cool. And it sounds like, it sounds like your old band. It specifically reminds me of this one song and he like quoted lyrics of mine. And I was like, okay. And then the last thing he said was, it's good to see you're getting back to your roots. And I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, what? I said to my wife, I go, I hate that. I don't. I, I hate it explain so what the, much. Explain what you think that means. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was meant to be insulting. Right. But it was just like as a as a as an artist, it's like <laughs> just listen to the new shit. That's it. Get over the old shit. I don't want to know about it. But um, I said something to my wife, and she was just like, "It's kind of like what we were talking about when we went to the show when I saw you." And your fucking entourage and <laughs> you called me and they were listening to this or you were like, what if I requested one of your songs? Yeah. And I said something to my wife about that. It was basically the same explanation. She's like, babe, that was a moment in time that that kid's never going to forget. You should be grateful that he has that and that he can even listen to your music now and even relate it. Because if he didn't like your music now, he would just go, fuck it. And he wouldn't find the time to like go, yeah it sounds like this one song that i used to love and used to scream at you while like i was like yeah you're right but jesus it's annoying i really hope he doesn't listen (laughs) um i my question is you are listening if you are listening you know who you are thank you for taking the time and i sent him afterwards i sent him youtube links and i was okay. like yeah i'm on youtube too so okay. there you go well that, that was gonna be my question not to be insulting but like why would you message back and say i don't listen to spotify when if he knows what the name of your project is he could just go to youtube yeah. and say hey i just watched this on youtube and i really like it like that it's that was kind of the other annoying thing yeah a little bit yeah um that was annoying so let me ask you this. We have talked 
about that song by Kate Bush that um, running up that hill that Stranger Things remade like this big hit. And I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but I've heard this song so many stinking times on different radio stations lately. Have you ever seen a phenomenon like this? Like, I mean, I know movies have played songs from the 70s or 80s or something like that. And it may have been uh, enough for people to be like, well, I forgot about that song. Or they may, you know, when CDs were a big thing, they may have went and bought the soundtrack to that movie to have that song or something like that. But for something to hit as big as it did from a song from the 70s, and now it's like on all the radio stations and everybody wants to hear it. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Uh, The one that I can think of off the top of my head would be the song... I would walk 500 miles. You know that song? I do. The the Proclaimers. Yeah. Yeah. So that originally was released as a single long before it ever became a hit. Um, And it was because it was on the Benny and June soundtrack that it became a hit. Okay. I feel like maybe we talked about this. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It was, was, God, the song's called I'm Going to Be 500 Miles. Just call it I Would Walk 500 that was released in 1988 and then it didn't become a hit until well it hit in the United States I should say until 1993 now that's not as much time obviously as Kate Bush but that's the one example I can think of I don't know man I mean at the end of the day I think what that song has for the current times is I think it fits into popular music now Okay. Like if we had never known that that was an, a song from its time period by an artist from that time period and it just came out today, we'd probably all go, oh yeah, top 40 song. Hmm. So what, what do you think about artists or bands remaking the songs or covering the songs to capitalize on it being a hit right now? Does, uh, does that I mean, do anything for you? It doesn't really do anything for me. What do you mean? This the covers don't do anything for you, or just the idea? Kind kind of the i I guess the idea, but like I guess I I know I use the word capitalize, but like that's kind of what they're uh, they're doing, right? Like uh, I've seen oh, several sure. musicians, well, yeah. you know, I've seen several solo musicians cover "Running Up That Hill" recently. Why? Because it's a big song right now, but it's because of Kate Bush. Name some people who have covered it. Um, yeah. do you know who Diamante is? Oh god. Yeah. Okay. So she she just covered it and I've seen a lot of um videos on like TikTok and stuff of people covering it also. Now whether that I played I, a show with her. Oh really? And her the people It's not that flyer. I was going to say I think I have the flyer up. The people that surrounded her were the worst. Really? The worst people. Like I'm hey I was I wanted to be like hey you cunt she's not madonna stop stop no we're not going to move out of your way no we're not going to not go there no no there is no there are no zones this is pops suck my dick (laughs) this is my home club get the fuck out of here like fuck you i was pissed (laughs) she sucks anyway she's not good sorry um she covered it shocking yeah i heard a cover of it by someone i don't know who it was i didn't i didn't dig it it was like a metal band i didn't really like it 
that much. I don't really like that song that much. Yeah. The original. I don't really dig it that much. Yeah. Um, go on. Who else? Sorry, I interrupted. I, I just said I've seen several people on TikTok uh, covering it now. I'm not saying they actually went and recorded the song, but they were they were covering it and they were getting views on their videos for that. You know, so you know it's a way to capitalize on that su- the success of that song, I guess. So but you it, didn't but, like but it doesn't the last song it, it doesn't do I put out. That's not what I meant. I think that's I, I think that's different. I, I think that's different. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I don't like cover songs. I'm saying that it knowing that people I did not cover no, a running up that hill. Exactly. Was, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. point. Yeah. It yeah. It's kind of like it wasn't an obscure song from the dude's record, but I mean it still had the video on YouTube, still has I mean it had when I released my version of his song, I think his video had two million views or something like that. So not huge but not small you know yeah but i mean there there was a better song i could have covered by that guy from that record but i chose the lesser known i, I don't know maybe that's why i'm well another topic i don't know if we've cut co- we've talked about before or not i feel like we've talked about alien ant farm before but do you, yeah. what about bands who made their mark based off of a cover song yeah alien ant farm limp biscuit uh, Limp Bizkit for blew what? Up because of Faith. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a George Michael song, they were right? That's popular right. Popular before that. Okay, okay. People knew who they were, but that song yeah. put them over the top. Yeah, for that's sure. True. For sure. What was the other cover? Behind Blue Eyes. That was a cover, right? Or was that just a song off a soundtrack? No, no, no. That that is a song by the. Uh, I don't know. If, have you heard of the Who? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Um, hey, at least I knew it was a cover. God love you. Um, it is a cover. So other ones, that, uh, well, let me think here. So there's Alien, Alien Ant Farm, Limp Bizkit. Um, well, no doubt that um, it's my life song or whatever, or it's, it's li- that, you know what I'm talking about? I always get it confused with the Bon Jovi song. Every time I try to sing the hook, I want to as go, soon as you it's said, my Yeah, life. as soon as you said, it's, it's my life, Bon Jovi. <laughs> bon Jovi popped uh, in my head. How does the, the No Doubt one go? I don't Let's remember. See. Look it up real quick. Okay, here we go. Like, I get it confused. Like, I want to do a No Doubt hook, then I always go to dan to dan to dan 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 to dan dan Well, that's, yeah. Uh, is it called It's My Life? Something like that. Yeah, I guess it is. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, this is a cover. Okay. And it did much better than the 80s song. Okay. It's my life. Don't you forget. <laughs> my mind just went to straight for It's now or never. <laughs> it's my life. And it's now or never. Yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the Bon Jovi song better. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah. But that song is a cover. Huge, huge song for them. Huge. And most people don't know that the, that that is a cover. People just assume that's their song. I'm trying to think of other ones like that. 
the really sneaky, tricky ones are the ones that are. I think we've talked about this before, though. Where they're like covers, but you didn't really know because the songs wasn't, yeah. what weren't well, big like, before. I will always love you, Whitney Houston. Yeah, like right. there's still an ignorant part of the population that does not know. Yeah, that that's a Dolly Parton song. Right. You know. Yeah. That's probably the most. Fa- that's got to be the most successful cover of all time, right? I would, man, I would think so. I mean, that was huge when that movie came out. Yeah. Huge. That's probably, I bet, you think that's one of the most um, highly sold soundtracks? Oh, without a doubt. That one. The Bodyguard, right? That's what that was for? Bodyguard, that one, Forrest Gump, fucking, let's see here. Rolling Stones reader picks the top 10 greatest cover songs. I hate Rolling Stone. Of course, Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower. Did anyone know that Bob Dylan did it or care that Bob Dylan did it? His version so much better. That is a good one, though. And that's number one on their list. Okay. Johnny Cash, Hurt. Oh, yeah. But that, well. I don't like that version of that at all. I mean, that didn't put him on the map by any means. But, yeah, I, I get what they're saying. It did well. Yeah. Did it do better than Nine Inch Nails? 1994 song doesn't say Jeff Buckley Hallelujah the Leonard Cohen song didn't know that he even covered that don't care I didn't either but I I know the song Uh, wait where am I at Joe Cocker oh yeah dude that's a that's a huge one shit Joe Cocker did with a little help from my friends which is way better than the Beatles version because Joe Cocker is one of the best vocalists of all time when it comes to like soul and just fucking grit in your voice. Yeah. That was a song from the Wonder Years. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. I knew, I mean, I, I know who Joe Cocker was, but I couldn't, I put, could have, couldn't put a song with him. But yeah, that makes Such sense. Such a now. good song. Yeah. Nirvana, The Man Who Sold the World, originally done by David Bowie. It's a good one. The Beatles, Twist and Shout, which is originally an Isley Brothers song. Okay, fine. I didn't know that the White Stripes even did Jolene by Dolly Parton. I don't care. That sounds awful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, you're starting to see the light. Uh, Nirvana, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? By Lead Belly. That was on their Unplugged set. That was a good one. Guns N' Roses, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Muse, Feeling Good. Muse, feeling good. What song is that? I don't know. It doesn't say who they covered? Uh, it's from the Broadway musical, The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. That's weird. It's also been covered by Nina Simone, Bobby Darren, Frank Sinatra, George Michael, and many other people. I've never heard weird their version of that song. Hmm. So... 65 best cover songs of all time that outdid the originals by Best Life Online. Do we trust this play, this uh, website? Let's find out. We're going to find out. Superstar by Sonic Youth, best known by The Carpenters. So far, not trusting this website at all. <laughs> Landslide by Miley Cyrus, originally done by Fleetwood Mac. Fine. This is a lot of obscure shit. 
Johnny Cash, Rusted K, Rusty Cage, excuse me, by Soundgarden. Random question. Does Miley Cyrus have anything that you enjoy? No. Okay. No. There's only one song that she's done that she was, it wasn't even her song, I don't think. She, she was a part of it that I like. And it's at 23. Don't know what that is. I'm not, I'm not saying she's not good. I just, it's not for me. I don't, yeah. I just don't like her yeah. because I don't like her. I can't get over that fact when listening to the music. Yeah. I also just, I don't know the whole rock, rock and roll thing. She's, you know, she's this like student of rock and roll now. Like she was at, um, She's supposed to be at that Taylor Hawkins um, reunion festival. Like there's like an entire, fe- like three day festival. They already put something like that together. Holy to, crap. Yeah, it's a tribute, a tribute to Taylor. She's like there. I'm like, oh God, get out of here. Huh. It's fine. And, and again, that's me being a hater. And, you know, it's an irrational just feeling that I have about, to be honest with you, nothing but. Yeah, this list is very obscure. I'm I'm trying to find one that like, oh yeah, that was super popular. But it's like Borderline by the Flaming Lips with Star Death and the White Dwarfs originally by Madonna. No one knows that they even <laughs> did a Madonna song. Right. Also, who were the White Dwarfs? Oh, I've no American idea. Woman. That's a good one. Lenny Kravitz. Oh, American yeah. Woman. That's a good one. Guess who? Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. That got super popular for him. And most people didn't know that that song was by the Guess Who. This is a good list, though. Like, you kind of forget about a lot of this shit. Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon by Urge Overkill, originally done by Neil Diamond from the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. It's a very good one. Very good song. Okay. Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Most people don't know that's a cover. That's originally by Robert Hazard. Yes, it's by a dude. I did not know that was a cover either. Yeah, it's by a dude. Higher Ground by the Chili Peppers, Stevie Wonder song. That's a good one. Didn't blow him up, but that was certainly got pretty big for him. Yeah. I didn't know that Devo did I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Had no idea that that happened. Who originally did that I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. That's probably one of the better ones because that's not her song. That's originally by the Arrows. Most people don't know. I feel like we've talked about this before, and I want to say that was one of the ones we put on it. but Maybe we have. I don't know. Whitney Houston, Jolene, White Stripes. Jesus Christ. Oh, another good one. Jesus Christ. Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. Huge song for them. Made them superstars. Yeah. That's a Roberta Flack song. Forgot about that one. I mean, that was like, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade for me. Like that song was everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. I'll have to send you this list. Okay. I Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton, originally by Bob Marley and the Wailers. Anyway, so you're not into people covering songs from what it sounds like. Songs that get big. I, I'm not into people covering a song just because it's big right now. Yeah, yeah. There's a diff- difference between that and covering a song that you liked from, you know... 10, 20, 30 years ago or something along those lines just because you you wanted to and you're not capitalizing on the popularity of the song at the moment knowing that that's going to get you views. But isn't that smart? I'm not saying it's not. You, <laughs> you yeah. know what I wanted to cover and I was talked out of it? Well, we kind of talked each other out of it. Me and 
Gerald, the dude that I was, uh, the dude that I record with, uh, I was going to do the song Stay by the Kid Leroy. Special guest Justin Bieber. You know that song? Uh, I don't think so. You know it. You've heard it. Trust okay. me. It's huge. Okay. Huge, 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 huge. Um, but so, people had already done it. Like it was several bands on YouTube had already put out a cover and a video and everything. I was like, oh, fuck. This song's been out like a month. How do all these like, who are these bands working with and where are they getting their money? I was like, how the fuck do you already have a high production recording, a high production video already out? Right. The song's like a month old. But nonetheless, we go, maybe we shouldn't do that one. Did you listen to the hour last night? Um it's the, the singer from our last night on uh, Finn McKenty's podcast. Did you listen to that episode? Mm, no, but that band's really good at covers. They are, and that that's why I was asking. Like, I was curious if you had listened to it because he he had a lot of. Uh, I think they they picked like six songs or something. They picked like two songs from each era, like eighties, nineties, two thousands, or maybe it was seventies, eighties, nineties, or something like that. And I in in all that, but he also talked about like music videos and how he thinks music videos are kind of a waste of time now. And I'm, cu- do you think that? I wouldn't say a waste of time. I would say a waste of money if you're paying out the ass for them. I, I mean, I could see, yeah, what you're saying. I could see if you are gonna if you know you're gonna be pulling in a, a you know a shitload of views to where it's something you can monetize by just having the video out there. But if it's just making a video just for your listeners to see a music video for it, I don't know that it in this day and age is worth it. Well, I think people want the visual. They definitely do. There's still there's high high value and and there's high demand on people wanting to see a visual with their favorite artist or with a song that they really like. Now. Does it have to be extravagant? Does does it have to be high production? Does it have to cost you a lot of money? No, I don't think so at all. And maybe that's what he's talking about. But I but I think people are long past the days of overspending on a music video, you know. And I think people know. And I think people that shoot music videos now know that. Like there yeah. aren't a lot of people left that like, you know, overcharge. Whether you be an unsigned band, a signed band or whatever. I, I, there are very few people that will be able to get over on a band and be like, yeah, 10 grand. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I get his point, but I, you know, but, but, but at the same time, well, you know, it's kind of bizarre though, because he comes from a genre of music where music videos still to me anyway, seem to do really well, you know? So if, if you were going to put out like say a, a an EP, had five songs on it. Yeah. Would you choose ahead of time? Uh, I'm gonna make a music video for two of these songs, and these are gonna be the two singles that I put out ahead of time. Or would you put out the EP, see what songs hit, and what ones you know you're getting the most traction on, and then make a music video for those? Or would that even matter to you? Yeah, but I don't think no no one really takes the approach like let's see which ones hit. I think they pick like we know for our audience this is gonna work. We know this song is going to gain traction. Okay. So we'll make a music video for it, or we'll just release this as a single. And then the next one, we'll, we'll ha- you know, there's, there's a, well, I get I, a strategic way of doing it, but to his point though, 
I understand what he's saying from a monetary sort of like financial, like don't break the bank on a music video. It's not. Unless you make fucking scream by Michael Jackson. Yeah. It's not going to like move the needle. Right. For you. Yeah. I mean, could you really think of the last band that blew up because they had a super kick-ass music video? Now there are TikTok stars and they're making TikTok videos and they're getting a shit ton of views on TikTok. And that's translating into real music careers. And then what they do after that, fine. Because what they do after that, they make a music video, it's going to get millions of views on TikTok because they, are, they have already had them. But if you're right. a band who didn't rely on TikTok to get the popularity, gain the fan base, yeah, don't overspend on a music video. I'm totally with them on that. It's why it makes no sense. Or if you're a band who's marginally successful or picking up traction, a high production music video is not going to, it's not going to do anything for you. Like I said, it has to be insane. But again, does any working band have the money to pay for that? No. I guess, no, I guess after hearing you say it this way, it makes me think that, Jacoby and Papa Roach were kind of ahead of the game a little bit with having Jarris Johnson in a music video with them because you're taking a TikTok star who you know is going to get views on top of your freaking Papa Roach. So you're going to get your own views too and you're melding those together with for millions and millions of views. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if they necessarily looked at it like TikTok star. I think they just looked at it like up and coming guy. I mean, poss- possibly, team. possibly, or both. I mean, a mixture. But that's of both. the way things are now. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, dude, if you're an artist who's worth their their own fucking pubic hair, you're you're getting popularity somehow, whether it be through TikTok, whether it be through shows, whether it be through sales, whatever the case may be, and people notice. Yeah, you know, people that complain like, "Oh, we started on TikTok, they're not real." Like, why are they not real? They're making fucking music. What do you mean they're not real? Right. I'm the, that Jairus Johnson kid's not for me. I don't like, I don't, it's not for me. The music's not for me. But I respect the game. Yeah. The, the game that he is running. He's, he's winning. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he found a fucking, a medium that allowed him to get his shit out there much easier than fucking relying on people to notice them like A&Rs and record labels and, show promoters and all the old school shit that we always talk about. He found a way to do it and more power to him. Yeah. I guess, I guess if you want to make the money, you just got to do it the little dicky way. You just got to go out there and try to get everything free. What do you mean? Remember that music video that he put out the, uh, we've talked about this before. Oh yeah. 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 What was, uh, save that money. Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. that, that's the way to do it right there. But that's a high production music video. That's true. That likely wasn't cheap. I mean, was yeah. It? So he was paying for the music video to be done. He wasn't paying for the stuff in the music video. Right. Yeah. Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. Speaking of that, is Dave's coming back, right? Uh, I, maybe. It, it has to, right? I want to. I want to say I have. You know, I haven't listened to Andrew Santino's podcast in a while. I need to go back and listen 
Um, but the last time I listened to him, I'm pretty sure he said that they did sign for another season. I thought I thought they did. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be watching if they did. Yeah. With the music videos too, I was just thinking about this before we brought up before you brought up Dave. Like, like with a band like Our Last Night, I I I think where he's coming from is that they've already capitalized on finding a. I want to say cheat code, but like finding a way to get popularity. So I think what he's saying is, is like, why waste the time and resources on something that didn't even help us get there in the first place? So popularity from what? The cover songs. Okay. Okay. That's how a lot of people discover that band. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm crazy for thinking that. No, you're not. Their original stuff is good too. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to come off as a sounding disrespectful i'm a fan of that band right well he mentioned that I too own, and he, he talked about like the disney songs that they did the covers of and everything and how they didn't really know how it was going to go in the beginning and then after they did them you had all these people saying like i hated this song beforehand but my kids are going to listen to it so i would rather have this version that i can actually listen to yeah but also that shit's fun dude it Covering is it really is, is fun yeah like from someone who's been in a room with a bunch of guys who someone just pulls out a riff of a, of a well-known song and you go, Oh shit. And then everyone, we just learn it on the fly and you just play it. That's fun. So they shouldn't have to answer to that. Like do what the fuck you want, man. Like, yeah. Were you having fun when you did it? Fuck everybody else. You did that for you. And if people like it, they like it. Right. You know, and, but also for them, make a video and they do it for you. Don't spend a shit ton of money. Yeah. Have the visual there for your fans who are in place and all, but don't break the bank. I mean, the last video that I put out, okay. I didn't spend a, I didn't spend a ton of money, a ton of money on it, but look, I'll be honest with you. If that video had been in our last night video, no one would have been like, Oh, cheap video by our last night. They would have been like, Oh, music video. Fine. I think the quality was there. I think everything was fine with it. You know, I think it's it, it was a music video. Yeah. Which I mean, I have it maybe I'm completely wrong here, but I have to imagine bands that put out music videos that is the majority of the video is just footage from like them doing live shows. Those music videos probably don't cost a whole lot of like you know what I'm saying? They're not like high high production videos. They're it's a lot of footage from them actually doing shows. Yeah, I mean, you're just paying somebody to make it for you, right? Just chop, it, chop it up and cut. It, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, we have, you know, I have music videos out there that we made. We didn't even, you know, pay somebody to cut up clips and put it together. Is it the highest of quality? No, because we weren't, we weren't shooting those shots with, you know, the best cameras and the best whatever. But works. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's all, it's always good to have a visual to put to the music. I think it's always good, but I'm with them. I understand, but I, I, I guess my, my, my rebuttal to them as a fan of their music, well then don't break the bank. Just fucking give us the visual. Don't overspend. Keep doing what you're doing. I think I, I don't, I don't think anything's wrong with what they're doing. You know, not that he said that, but yeah. Anyway. Well, do you have anything else? Or you want to get out here for this evening? I mean, there's something. Something's brewing. 
as two UFC fans, I think it would be ridiculous for us to not at least briefly talk about UFC 278. Okay, let's do it. I think you know how I feel. I mean, through through text, yes, you're. I'm a Kamaru fan. I am too. I was, devast- I was devastated to see it end that way, but that's why mixed martial arts is the best. You know, we, we, like, I think Dana put it best. He's like, there's no such thing as a bad matchup. There's no such thing as a bad fight. Any one of these guys could end the other guy's night or the other lady's night. Just like that. Yeah. And that's what Leon, Leon Edwards did. And it, it was it's crazy. It's crazy. What I will say is I'm, you know, <sighs> I brought this up previously it's been a couple months now and i'm not a fan of the other guy it happened to but so sick of the memes in mma and boxing dude just so tired of it yeah but that was a great fight up to that point and i think a lot of people kind of became restless because it was kamaro being kamaro and leon being completely frustrated and couldn't seem to solve the puzzle and you know, now it's it's gone viral at this point, but the the legendary speech given to him by his coach before that fifth round, you know, he's like slumped over on the stool and basically like he's ready to give up. He's just like, fuck me. This guy is just beating my ass. I don't know what to do. And his coach give, gives him that speech and then he goes out there and does what he does. It's It's pretty amazing. But here's what I want to say. Do you know, and you've watched the fight all the way through? Uh, the majority of it. Yeah. Did you watch the fifth round? The yeah. entire fifth round? Up yes. Up to the knockout? Yes. You know what happened 12 seconds before that knockout? Let's see if your memory is good. Well, I, I don't know what you're asking for. What? What? Do you know what happened in the fight 12 seconds before that knockout? Not exactly 12 seconds. No. What? Remember the low kick? Okay. That landed? Okay. And Kamaru thought it was low and he took some time off and people okay. and they replayed it. Okay. They're like, eh, it wasn't so low. That was 12 seconds before that high kick landed. If you look at the positioning of Kamaru's hands and the way that he ducked down, he was expecting another low kick there because tw- it was only 12 seconds after the fact that he okay. was hurt from what he thought was a low blow. Okay. Now, a lot of people talk about the setup, and the setup was fine. The setup was there. And, like, when you texted me, I go, yeah, the setup was cool. But, I mean, to be honest with you, Kamaro had seen that for four rounds. That wasn't the first time that Leon tried that setup. And it's not the first first time someone's tried that setup on Kamaro. Yeah. But most people are not talking about the fact that 12 seconds before that, he got kicked right above the cup. So when he saw that kick coming again, he thought low again. But does that matter? doesn't matter. No, I'm not taking anything away from Leon. Right. I'm just saying it's interesting to analyze now after the fact. No, it doesn't take anything away. Okay. Dude, look. <laughs> that's fight. That's what fighting is. You fucking yeah. landed a beautiful high kick. He knocked the fucking guy out. I mean, yeah. I can't take anything away from Leon Edwards. Do I think he caught Kamaru sleeping a little bit? Like, kind of like cruising? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But like I said, that's I, okay. That's I, what happens. I do think that the fact that, that it happened in the fifth round and not the first, it, I think there's a big difference between four rounds there. There's a huge difference. Me- me- mentally, that and, fight. yeah. 
He knew he was winning the fight. And I think there's one minute left in the fight. I don't think, I think in Kamaru's mind, he's going, he's not going to mount any type of offense that's going to hurt me right now. So let me just kind of lay back a little bit and, and, and read the feints and, you know, and you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. That's on Kamaru. I'm not saying Leon didn't do a good job. He did a fucking great job. So you know? do we, do we already have a, Beautiful. do we already have a running this back date? No, but it's gotta be, you, you don't give anybody else that shot, right? I don't that see would how be you so disrespectful you can't. to, to is, is many, how many how many fights to do someone make it while holding that the title? Been his sixth title defense, right? So yeah, you have to Masvidal twice, Colby twice, and then he beat Gilbert Burns. So he he's defended the title five times. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you it's gotta. Still, it's still it's still su- it's still got to suck to be that guy. So say say this plays out to where they run this back. Usman gets the title back. It's got to suck to be Edwards in that situation. Because, I mean, you can have a trilogy fight if you want it, but if you lose that, where do you sit? If Usman me, stays at me, the top of the game again... Let me just say this. Let me just say this. If Nate fucking Diaz <laughs> beats Chimaev, you have a title fight with the guy who almost finished you the fight before this, and you do it in England. It's bigger than a Camaro rematch. Which it, which is it? You play, you I replay know. Nate fucking yeah. rocking them yeah. on a loop for two <laughs> fucking months. Yeah, and we're gonna do it in at the O2 in fucking London, dude. But Nate has to beat Chimaev. But also right. Chimaev, you know, Leon was supposed to fight him twice three times and they all got canceled because covid and yeah. injuries and covid again and so both have an interesting case to maybe get the next title shot and you let Camaro kind of heal up and yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna throw the whole ranking situation at you again it still makes no sense that nate diaz would even let me get that would even i understand you. that it's money nate diaz i understand that it's money and it's name recognition the hype train down <laughs> He is fighting for a title. There's no way that they don't make that happen. But you do you think that it it, it would be what's the word I'm looking for? If other fighters in that division bitch because well, they already have. They already have. Are they is it okay? I mean, are are they they haven't bitched about Nate or Chimaev. They've bitched about like, you know, Masvidal wants wants a shot. Um because of the whole three piece in a soda thing and fine. That fight would sell well because of the history there. Did you see that Jorge, you know, Masvidal went after DC? Because DC, you know, was doing an interview with somebody and or maybe he was doing his podcast with Ryan Clark and he was like, Yeah, you know. Masvidal can say what he wants, but he never mentioned Leon Edwards' name for three fucking years. Now that Leon has the title, now he's he's wanting to fight him. And like Jorge went after DC on Twitter. <laughs> uh oh. It was like just because I didn't come on your bullshit YouTube show, don't start talking about me, like all this shit. And I was like, oh god, fighters are sensitive, huh? Yeah, and like nothing's gonna come of that. I mean, DC. No, uh, no, they're. 
it's just mouthing back and forth, but it still builds hype and it keeps your name out there, I guess. So I'll say this. Um, you know how I mentioned to you before that Wonder Boy was going to fight Kevin Holland? That's not happening. Wonder Boy is fighting that Russian monster. Shamkov or Shamayev or whatever his name is. Okay. Rachmanov or whatever his name is. Okay. He just beat Neil Magny. Okay. Wonder Boy is fighting that guy. Kevin Holland is fighting... Oh, here it is. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, which is a really good fight. So I was kind of thinking Kevin Holland beats Wonder Boy. He's really entertaining and the UFC loves him. Like, where does he fit into all that? But never mind that. He's fighting Daniel Rodriguez, who is not ranked. So Holland's an interesting dude because he does not give a fuck about rankings or he doesn't, he's not calling for like top five guys or anything like that. He's just like, give me fights and I'll keep fucking fighting. Right. Like, it's really really fun to watch and like it's admirable because you have all these guys talking about pay and fucking rankings and title shots and you know this dude's like when am i fighting which i mean taking the old cowboy approach like when and who right tell me when tell me where tell me who and i'll be there right however but he's a guy however come out to the ufc's defense about pay yeah but also a cowboy i mean how many title fights did he make it to is that because is that because uh, he's always just been a give me a fight whenever you know just just tell me just tell me when i'm gonna fight the guys is there a case to be made for the guys who do say give me a top five guy and they get the top five guy and whether they win or lose they're still up in that that area of the rankings you know, versus just give me, give me, give me, give me, you know, give me fighters, give me, and anything can happen in those fights. I admire the people who are just like, give me a fight whenever. I don't care. I'll fight tomorrow. But I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it depends on what I guess you think the trajectory of your career is going to be. Are you going to do? Yeah, fif- yeah. Do you want fifteen fights in your career and you hope that there's a, a title run in there and then you want to retire and get out, or? You know, do do you want every possible fight that you can possibly get? And then if a title run happens, it happens. Yeah, I admire both. I think with Cowboy, though, here, here, here's what his problem was. He went on the title run at 155, mm-hmm. lost the title fight. And I knew he was going to lose that fight. I hate saying that because I am a fan. I knew he was going to lose that fight. RDA was on another level then. And Cowboy, historically speaking, did not show up for the big fights that he needed to win. And he didn't in that fight. He looked overwhelmed. He looked just, he just, he didn't look like, he didn't look like he was in there to win. He looked like he was happy to be there. I do. Yeah, for sure. And I hate saying that. No, I hate but saying I, that. I, I mean that, I think that's a lot of his career. Like the major fights, you could tell when he was getting in there that it's just like, you're not cowboy right now. And I don't know if it's all nerves or whatever, but even like the Connor fight, you know, it oh, was. That's, dude, that's. I'm just throwing that as an in, in as an example too. But I'm with you. But it, you know, it was a big fight, regardless. So it's like I, you're just you're not you're not cowboy at this moment. And maybe it was mostly nerves because the fights that he's not worried about a title or anything like that. Yeah. His nerves are probably a lot less. Well, here's the thing about him. This is where I think it kind of went off the rails. 
I think at 155, there was a strategic rise to the top to get to that title shot. I think he still had the, the mindset, like, I don't care who I fight. But I think when it came down to it, they booked the right fights. When he went up to 170, I'll tell you the fight that truly fucked him because he was on his way. He was on his way. He was one or two wins away from being like, oh, we could give this guy a fucking title shot. But then he goes, you know what? Let me come back on not a lot of rest and let me fight Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. And Masvidal just fucking decimated him, dude. Yeah. Just picked him apart because the card was in his home fucking town. He's like, I want to be the headliner on a card in my hometown. And he shouldn't have come back to that. He just yeah. got done fighting Matt Brown. He got the bejesus knocked out of him in that fight. Yeah. He won, but he took heavy fucking shots. He should have taken a year off. Yeah. Easily. But he comes back on, I don't know, a couple months, fights Jorge Masvidal, and just gets fucking wrecked. Mm -hmm. Destroys his chances at 170. Goes back down to 55. You know, which and I, he's I, like, I he think was kind of, there. I think he was kind of forced to go back down to 155. Well, it was a good decision because he, he won a few fights and now he fights Tony Ferguson and he goes, Dana's like, yeah, the winner of this fight will probably get a title shot. And we see how that ended up. Yeah. But yeah, that Masvidal fight, I remember that so vividly. I was like, why the fuck did he do that? Yeah. And then after that, he fights Darren Till and Leon Edwards. Like, Cowboy's a gangster, dude. Like, he really is. Just, no fucks given, man. Like, yeah. you get knocked out by Jorge Masvidal, and you're like, yeah, I'll fight Darren Till. Yeah, now I'll fight Leon Edwards. Like, I'll just fight these fucking savages, these guys who are really good, probably more talented, like, more talented than me all around. But do they have more heart than me? You know, can yeah. they beat me? You know? Which, I mean... This might sound weird, but nowadays with as good as fighters are getting, I don't know if heart goes as long of a way as it used to. For some people. Most no. Well, for the people that it does, I think they have a lot of the, you know, the talent to back it up. And I know that sounds stupid because they're, of course, they're in the UFC. They're, of course, they're talented, but... Yeah, I well, just, that time may have run out. Like, I mean, like we yeah. saw in the 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 Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold fight. Both of those guys have tremendous heart. Yeah, but it, that was a sloppy shit show of a fight. Was it fan pleasing? Yeah, it was rock'em stock'em robots. What but do you? I, that was a question I want. If you're a guy in the top five, you're going, oh man, I hope they book me one of these guys. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll fight either one of these guys for my next fight because I will destroy them. Yeah, but but anyways, but, you know, with with Camaro and Leon Edwards, it's you have to have that immediate trilogy fight. But at the same time, you get knocked out like that, dude. Take some time off, right? Like how how soon how soon could they really do that? Well, I mean, I guess if they if they if it's not medically necessary that he's like you know medically suspended or anything uh, based off it has to be right. Well, I guess it depends on how the concussion protocol goes right he got knocked dead well i mean yeah but we if, all saw it if they don't show signs of concussions or anything like that i don't know how that works but you know the the the, the other crappy thing about that situation is the person who has the title now edwards if usman says i'm taking time off 
but Edwards wants to fight again, what do you do? Do you give Edwards another fight? Yeah, no, in, Edwards, in between? Already said, Edwards already said he wants to be active. He said this before the fight happened in an interview. He he wants to be active. But it, but it, but active is different for every fighter. Does that mean a fight every three months? Does that mean a fight every six months? Do you want two fights a year? You know, I don't think he's going to wait around for a year. So right. no, I think he's going to he's going to give it a couple months. But that's the question. Does, how, should Usman take a year off? A year off in fighting is ridiculous amount of time. I mean, he's 35. Which is even worse. Stipe took a year off at 35 and became heavyweight champion again. Eh, you think heavyweight's a little different? I think the margin for error at heavyweight is much smaller than... Yeah, I guess so. I- I'm just saying. And that's what this fight reminded me of, actually, was... I know Leon Edwards was never a champion and he's not DC, but it it reminded me of that in a sense. It just kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, like you said, you had a feeling Edwards was going to win. I had like a Weidman Silva feeling for this fight. And I had like a DC Stipe because Stipe was the favorite going into that first fight with DC, even though DC was the light heavyweight champ. I think people thought that Stipe was too big and would beat him, And so I think for the comeback fight, I think it's going to be a lot like, well, I, who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? I think if they fight again, I think Kamaro is going to come back. I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, he was dominating that fight. Yeah. It was it was one error that cost him the fight. And that's what happens. That's why it's so fucking great. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I love that Dana doesn't take the fucking professional sports approach and be like yeah they're the the underdog and the favorite and this and that he's like no it's fighting yeah and for all those people that said that leon was not gonna win and wasn't capable of winning they don't know what the fuck they're talking about anybody's capable of winning at any time Mm -hmm. that's what makes it so awesome that's why it's fun to watch you know what if luke rockhold who looked like a fucking walking he looked like a zombie by the end of the fight. You know, mm-hmm. his face was inside out. What if he, you know, one of those fucking haymakers that came from the hip that nearly knocked out Paulo Costa. What if one of those knocks him out? You know, that's mm-hmm. what this, that's what we're dealing with here. And it's fucking outstanding to see. Yeah. Now, again, that's a weird example because that was a sloppy fight. Let's be honest. And oh, like that- the Paulo Costa that got a title shot. Like, where did that guy go? Jesus Christ, like that, that dude's, he's shredded. He looks like a motherfucker when he gets in there. But like, once he's in there, it's like, whoa, what happened to the technique? What happened to the guy that like, you know, outboxed Uriah Hall and like, out, like out kickboxed Uriah Hall. And like, I don't know. It's very bizarre to see. He won the fight, but yeah, I don't know. Th- that was actually the question I forgot earlier that I was going to ask about like fighters retiring, like Luke Rockhold or Cowboy or something like that. How do you think they look at retiring on a loss? Do you think it matters? Or they they knew their foot was out the door no matter what when they went into the fight? Do you think that mentality of going into a fight knowing that whether you win or lose at the end of this fight, you're laying your gloves down and this is it? Do you think it matters? You just give it all all the heart you've got for that that three rounds and, and yeah. walk away? Like it's got It's got to be... It just seems like it would be a bittersweet feeling 
I, I guess I think I, both of those guys has have a financial incentive to walk away when they did. Cowboy well, wants to be a movie star, like you said, right? And he's got that movie coming out, right? What's Rockhold got going? And, huh? What's Rockhold got going? He's a fucking model, dude. Is that is that legit? I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. He yeah. Okay. Go be a fucking model again. <laughs> you know, okay. Dominic Cruz, for instance, just got knocked to out of the universe. He's got commentary. He's one of the best commentators. You're not going to find a better guy at analyzing what's going on during a fight and knowing what they're watching and knowing what a guy can do, knowing a guy's background. I love DC. I love Paul Felder, but Dominic Cruz is probably the best at that. He's which, so smart. Which which makes you think, I mean, he's still young, but it, it's got to make you think, he's got to be thinking about if commentating is the game after, after this. Oh, wait, how, how old is Dominic Cruz? Dominic Cruz is 36, bro. Oh, he's 36? Actually, no. Shit. Dominic Cruz is 38. Never mind then. Hold on. Why did I think he I was younger than that? Why did I think he was younger than that? Anyways. You got Because you, he fought for a title two years ago. Yeah, I guess that's it. But, you know, you got to think about... he's got He's got to be looking at it as if the end game here is commentary... I need my brain. Yep. So how many more fights do I need to fight if I know that I still have a job here doing commentary? If I if he thinks that, you know, some shots to the head could mess that up later on. He can't take many more kicks to the face like that. Right. That's insane. Yeah. Can I tell you a guy who I just want to retire, regardless if it came out on a loss? Connor? No. <laughs> Stipe. Yeah, I know. I, I know you. I, I know can't. You. I can't handle watching that guy get knocked out again. Do you think we're? Do you think we're going to see him fight or like John Jones? It's in the works. They, they keep saying that. Uh, let me. I especially cannot see him get knocked out by John Jones. It, it would devastate me. It would devastate me. Devastate me. I just can't. He just needs to retire. He's done everything he needs. To, what else is there to do? Yeah. Other than beat Francis again, which let's be honest. At this point, like he's 36, 37. Are you really going to beat Francis again? Like Francis is no spring chicken either. That's the other thing. Like people like he's the future of the heavyweight division. Like, I don't know, man. That dude's not young. Not young. But I we'll see what we'll see what happens. Do you think Aldo's going to retire? He should. He looks so old. He does. Did you see uh, the video of him with his wife in the back? No, I don't think so. No, it, it, I don't know. It was just—it was just a weird moment. Like he basically—I don't know if he was crying or not, but like he, like was just like fell in her arms basically, and she had to basically walk him out of there. And I, I don't know. There was just a lot of speculation after that moment that. This may be him hanging it up. He probably should. Like, how many crying backstage moments can you have in your career? Yeah. Before it's like, okay, enough is enough. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just saying, like, guy's been through it all. Yep. He looks 55. He looks so old. And he's what, 30? 33. Oh, my God, really? 
He's 33. There is that how is that possible? He's 33. I want to say that is he has to be the oldest looking 33 year old on the planet. I mean, I do write ups on all these. I I know all. He's 35. Sorry. 35. Okay. No, I thought he was younger than that. He's 35. That's so crazy. Uh, yeah, he does not look 35. He looks 50. For sure. The fact that I'm 34 and we're talking about all these fighters that are like in my age range. And that means they're, that they're at the tail end of the, of their career for the most part. It, it's kind of disturbing. Dude, if you were an NFL running back, you would have retired six years ago. That's true. So don't very, feel too bad. It's very true. I mean, you don't have their money, but. That's very true also. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I don't have their money either, just to be clear. <laughs> so 